parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. Everyday Parenting will be out with new episodes every two weeks for our first season. Help support Everyday Parenting. If you have a business and would like to reach directly into the ears of our listeners, please contact us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. This episode is about a father, and as you know, we're in our our father's group, but Gus is a father of three, a stay-at-home father, who has a middle child named Ivan. And Ivan is presenting some very normal challenges for a three-year-old. As we all know, being home with three children, the youngest one years of age, and Ivan, the three-year-old, and then the older one, five. So that is a very challenging group of ages. And Gus is having a difficult time because when he asks Ivan to do something, when Gus asks Ivan to transition and to maybe help pick up toys or follow through with something, Ivan is ignoring and giving Gus the silent treatment. And what we have to look at through those behaviors, as we do when we look at behaviors, behaviors tell us something. What we have to look at with Gus and Ivan is what kind of relationship are they sharing right now? What is Ivan trying to say to his father by being silent? And silence is a very powerful statement. This episode will focus on Gus learning how to connect with Ivan and how to get on his level and Ivan's brain and body move to where he wants it to go. My name's Gus. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I've been a stay-at-home dad now for about a year and a half, actually. My wife's a teacher, and I've got three kids at home. My oldest is five and a half. Um, I have a middle child, middle son. He's three and a half. And uh, I've got a daughter of, she just turned one, a couple, about a month ago. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about or, or I wanted to ask about was lately... We've been struggling with my son. He's been really difficult as far as like paying attention to us, listening to what we want him to do. You know, we'll be sitting around around the house and he'll be playing and we'll call out to him and he just will completely ignore anything that we say to him. We we will call his name five or six times. We will stand right next to him and call his name and he just completely ignores us. And it's just so frustrating. We, you know, because it just, it tests our patience to the point where we, we start getting angry with him and we start yelling at him. And, you know, he's, he's three years old. So we feel like crappy parents because we're screaming at our kid. He's young. He doesn't know any better. And we feel terrible about it because, you know, he doesn't know any better, but we don't know what to do. We've tried timeouts. You know, we don't believe in spanking. We hate it, but we've tried it. That doesn't work. We've tried taking toys away and we just cannot seem to get a solution to to this problem. And we, we just we're trying to wrap our heads around what's going on and we just we can't get it. Well, first of all, welcome back, Gus. Three-year-olds. Let's talk about three-year-olds. Three-year-olds, you know, we hear about the terrible twos, all the books, right? All the development pieces, the terrible twos. Mm, No, 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 no. Threes. Threes are 
threes are just a piece. They're just a piece. They, <laughs> they're three natures. They have a lot to say with their behaviors. Not so much with words all the time, but words too, but with their behaviors. And so what I'm guessing that our little Ivan, we got a middle child going on here. We have two sisters, which it's not so much the sex of the, of the children, but it's the middle. The, the little middle one here is feeling very much like he is not really kind of being hurt and not really being appreciated for who he is. But what Ivan, with his behavior, is clearly saying is, hey, you know what? I get a lot of attention. I get yelled at. I get screamed at. I get all sorts of good things. You know, they're not such positive things, you know, for your standpoint, but it's attention. I get a lot of attention. I get my parents to come, and they, they come right next to me, and they really are loud, and they really kind of focus on me when I don't listen to them. Would you say that's a true piece? I agree with that, absolutely. <laughs> so what we need to do is help Ivan's brain. That's where you feel like you're kind of stuck is because you've tried everything to motivate him, to make him think, to make him pay attention, to make him to try to listen, but he's not. So we got to help his brain move to where you want it to go. Right. So to make a brain move, sometimes we have to use language such as this. Ivan, it's time to uh, clean up your toys. It's time for us to get ready for bed. Let's do this together. Ivan, it's time to go brush teeth. Let's see how fast we can get down there together. Ivan, it's time for dinner. Let's go set the table together. Do you see a pattern in my language with him? What am I using? You're including him in, a, in something that you're doing, so it's not just him by himself. And the important piece for Ivan is that he's feeling very isolated in his little world. Number one, he's three. Number two, he's a middle child. And he feels very much not represented in his world and understood and really like you get him. So including him in that, it's, and then if he says no, or he just ignores you, right, in that process, when you say let's, and he's still sitting there doing nothing, right. Then you say, it looks like you're having a hard time remembering or you're having a hard time hearing me. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you, Ivan. And you get down and you're not going to pick him up and shake him. You're going to pound him. <laughs> I, saw, I saw pounding movements going on. Already. You're not going to do that. But what you're going to do is you're going to say, let me help you. Okay. And you grab his hand. You grab his arm. You tickle him as you're picking him up and say, let's go. I got you, buddy. Hop on my back. Let's go do that. And you make that brain on a consistent basis. It's going to take a lot of, once again, a lot of consistency on your part. But you're going to help that brain move. And once you kind of get him up and moving, then I really like, like you to put him down on the ground so his body moves. Because when a body moves, yeah, yeah, because when a body moves, a brain moves. So once you kind of get him up and going in a playful way, as much playful as you can, uh, looks like you're having a really hard time moving that body right now. Let's go, I'm gonna help you. Pick him up, tickle a little bit, as much as you can, and help carry him and move that body. If he starts flailing, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna go brush my teeth, you're gonna hear him, yeah. because that's ultimately what he wants. But you're gonna hear him in the sense of, I know, Ivan, you do not wanna go brush your teeth, I know you wanna sit here and play, I hear you. But it is time for us to go. I've given you warnings, I've given you time, I've respected that. I'm going to help you now get where you need to go. No, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because when he does get that individualized attention, 
I do see a, a change in his behavior. He's, he pays more attention. He's more attentive. He's fun. And, you know, he, he listens to what, to what I ask him to do. And I don't get all of those uh, misbehaviors that, that we normally get when we're at home. It's, it's just, it's really difficult, you know, as I'm home watching a one-year-old and then I'm trying to juggle him to go back and forth. You know, and a lot of what you're saying, it sounds like I have to change my perspective, not necessarily my perspective, but the way that I go about handling them. It's just what I find I have a hard time with is wrapping my head around that when I'm in the moment because I'm so upset and I'm so angry, you know, and I just, I've got my hands full. I'm dealing with my one-year-old and I just, I just want you to go over there and take care of this. Go pick up your toys. We have to go. We have to do this. And I believe that it's more me changing my thinking about the whole situation that than the way I actually go about it. I think that once I get my mind wrapped around the idea of it, then it'll be easier. I'm just, I'm wondering if you have any suggestions or tips for me so that I can get past that. He is very intuitive. Let me just tell you right now, he's very attuned to, okay, I know there's a one-year-old, I know there's a five-and-a-half-year-old. The five-and-a-half-year-old's managing things. So on, okay? But I know daddy has a one-year-old, and that one-year-old little girl is taking a lot of his time and a lot of his energy, and so I am. I know how to get him right. So to help you, you just have to visualize that right now in his brain. You have to see where he's coming from. Okay. So what he's coming from and very clearly telling you is, I'm going to act like that one-year-old. I'm going. I want to be that little one-year-old. I want to be nurtured, like that one-year-old. And so what? And you're what? I need you to visualize as a parent, and we all have to do this throughout our, our, as our children develop, is we have to see them for who they are at that moment. So if he's acting like a one-year-old or acting like he has no hearing, which he is, right. he has no ability, uh, which I want to make sure that we do have his hearing checked. <laughs> no, he, he <laughs> just want to clarify fine. that. No, he yeah, he can, he can hear a lot of he other good things. Fine. Yeah, he can hear like a wrapper of a candy oh, open. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Just want to clarify that before we go on. Always take care of medical issues first. But what we have to realize as our children grow, all of our children, all the way through 18, 19, 20 years of age, you have to understand what they're presenting. What are they saying? What are they saying with their behavior? And he's saying, I don't have the ability to hear you. I don't want to hear you because you're not hearing me. So if you could just look at it from that perspective, if you look at a child, how frustrating it is to see what they're doing to you. But if you, at that moment, if you're really, if you have a, a screaming one-year-old and you're trying to get the screaming one-year-old and Ivan to the, the kitchen to eat at lunch, mm-hmm. and you think, oh my gosh, I just want to get her to the table, get her fed, and get her happy so I can get Ivan to the table and get him there, right? right? What I would like you to, to model at that moment for yourself is I'm going to take care of Number one, one child at a time that I can, because you can, I mean, it's hard to balance many. So at that moment, what would you want Ivan to learn about frustration? And what would you want Ivan to learn from you about having a difficult moment where you can't manage feelings? You would want him to learn that I take a break, I proceed on, 
I will come back and deal with you, you know, that kind of sort of trying uh, yeah. to control and get angry and frustrated. So if you could, as a, as a parent and as an adult, look at what the behavior brings out for you. So when he is not listening to you and he's ignoring you, what feeling pops up for you? Frustration, mainly. How have you learned to manage frustration? Uh, I've never done really well with oh, frustration. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, so, I, so what, what do you want Ivan? Because Ivan's frustrated right now. Right. So Ivan has learned to be frustrated by just shutting everyone out. Pretty much. Have you yeah. ever learned, has there ever been a technique that you've ever used? When you're frustrated, you just shut down? Because um, it is a technique people use. And Yeah, I mean, I, I try to take a break because it it lets me gather my thoughts again so that I could stop and think about my behavior and my actions and um, you know come back to it later and I have a different outlook on things and maybe I'll, I'll look at it differently I'll act differently yeah. so do you think Ivan is taking a break right now by tuning out his world tuning out the people that are asking and commanding him to do things that he he's quite capable of doing um, but do you think he's taking a little bit break from 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 being that listener that you want him to be? Yeah, I suppose. From being that child that you want him to be? I suppose we can look at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would guess so, yeah. I, yeah, I guess so too. So so Ivan needs you to show him, model for him, what it means, what it looks like to be frustrated, what it looks like, how to handle that frustration. Mm -hmm. Ivan, right now you're not listening to me and I'm feeling very frustrated. Very frustrated. I've asked you twice and you're still not listening to me. I'm going to go help Marie get ready for her lunch. Right. And then when I come back, I will help you get to where you need to go because you're not really able to get there right now. Okay. And that would give you a chance to go cool off, right? right? Get Marie set up, kind of non-choking food, right? We're not going to leave her with a, right, exactly. yeah. Um, give her a few Cheerios to, to work on her fine motor skills and a high chair, then come back to Ivan and get on his level and say, buddy, we got to get this done. Let me help you. You you mean literally get down to his level? Literally. Yeah, so you're looking at him right in the eye. Yeah, because if we're, if we're standing above him, then we're still threatening him. And we're not showing him compassion. We're not showing him connection. We're not showing him that I'm going to make an effort to get with you, join you. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stay there in my command mode at the doorway yeah, and look door and, and you're a big guy so you know I, I would be intimidated by you standing at the doorway saying Ivan let's go Gary that'd be really scary to me too but I mean he's not scared of you but he wants you to come into his world right. he, he needs you let me just put it that way he's begging you that's why nothing has worked okay. he's begging you to come into his world and help him okay. so you're going to help him in the kindest, most gentlest way. You're going to model how to be a good listener by listening to him. You're going to model helping him move his body by not whacking him and hitting him to get to where, but you're going to say, we got this. Hop on my back. Let's go. We can get, we got to get this done. I'm here. I help you through this. Once I do something that kind of gets him going, it kind of knocks him out of that funk. You know, what, whatever he was thinking at that moment, whatever ideas that he had, if I pick him up and I, I physically move him to someplace else, 
Or like if I'm trying to get out the door, if I pick them up and I actually get them over to the door and, and step them outside, everything that happened before that is just completely forgotten and then we, we move on, you know, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, you help that brain move and you connected with them. And it sounds like he's a very physical child, like right? he likes physical touch? Yes. Okay, definitely. so use that to your advantage. Use that every time you talk to him now, go up to him and you, and you can wean him off that whole tickling and all that eventually by just going up and touching him when you talk to him. Okay. That physical touch for him is a basic connection. Yeah, definitely. And he needs that basic, he's telling you in all so many ways, I'm feeling a little bit disconnected here from this family. I'm feeling a little bit lost. And boy, it's a middle child and it's a three-year-old child. I mean, and it's, it's also the 13-year-old child. It's also the 18-year-old child. You practice this now. Because this is where you're going to be for a long time. Okay. I had a follow-up question with regards to one of my daughters who's a five-year-old. The advice you were giving Gus, and I don't know if it was specific to the context that you're providing to him about his three-year-old middle child. I have a five-year-old who is not a middle. She's the younger of my two daughters who behaves in a very similar way where, you know, she just seems to just completely ignore everything we tell her or we ask of her. Everything from something as simple as brush your teeth or sign for dinner or um, time to go to school, get dressed. You name it. it could be any any number of of daily functions, yeah, and it's it's like she doesn't even hear it, even though we absolutely know she does because, just like you were saying, you know, her hearing is, is impeccable. She could <laughs> she could hear the TV turn on from, you know, across the house, or I have to close the door and eat candy and you know hide in the closet or something. So, so I was wondering if you had any other. Uh, suggestions or thoughts on in my scenario which and uh, in, in whether or not the advice that you had given to Gus previously would apply as well too it is and I categorize a middle child and I categorize a three-year-old but you know yeah children are children but but Lily is also the younger of your two so of two children she's the younger and so she for her age age five what is she trying to communicate also or being the youngest child what is she trying to communicate and you know, with Lily, look at, she's five, so she's really clear. You're kind of getting, not really clear, you're getting a really good picture of how she likes to communicate, how she likes to be, uh, and I want, I want to say, going back to the love languages, but how she likes to, to get love from you. So when she, when you see her, or you see her in the morning, or you see her in the evening, when you, what, how does she like to connect with you? She of my kids has a, uh, and I think this is, she takes personal joy in it. She, she tends to have like a sour disposition um, and will purposefully, you know, either be grouchy or um, uh, frown or, you know, turn away. And that's, I think, her way of trying to get some additional attention yes. because she's not responding the way that you want her to. Yeah. That's why I asked that question, because children, they create, they create their little ways to, to non-verbally communicate. And like I always say, behavior is a communication. So Lily is a five-year-old. Lily is a second child. Lily is communicating. She's a child. So with her not listening to you, with her having that, that very sour demeanor when she's around you in the morning or when you greet her, she knows she's going to get some reaction from you, right? So why do children do that? Well, children do what they are able to do because it gets what they need and so when you finally talk to Lily and you get down on Lily's level 
what does it take to make her move? What have you tried and what hasn't tried? What has worked? And, like with Gus, Gus, was, Gus knows. He, he just has to be reminded that if I really get physical with him and I really are kind of in his world, he does move quickly. What moves Lily? This is part one of the, the techniques you mentioned earlier for Gus. Actually, when I was thinking about it and reflecting, I think this is something that works with Lily as well, too, where if we physically try to get her involved, if, she, if we say, okay, um, I've asked you two, three times now and you have not bonded, I'm going to physically try to get you to help lift her up a little bit. And she'll respond sometimes that way, you know, because then you're, you're, I'm more actively involved with trying to get her involved other than just you know, yelling at her or, you know, talking to her from across the room. I'm actually there and physically trying to get her involved and then she'll respond a little bit more that way. Partly because I don't think she has a choice because she's she's up in the air now. She can't she can't just turn away. So that I, I think has been a method that that works with her. Other verbal, I, I don't think she's responded. She really responds to other types of verbal um, encouragement. By encouragement, I also mean threats. and i I don't think she's going to because she uses nonverbal a lot of facial expressions to tell you how she feels so you need to use a lot of nonverbals with her doesn't mean gestures it means physically getting down near her giving her face let her really interpret your face if she's looking the other direction when you're giving her verbiage she's not seeing your face right a lot of times, right? If she's facing the other way and you come in the room, hey, come on, Lily, it's time. And then she doesn't see that face of disappointment or that face of frustration. But if you got actually near her, so with all children, when we do not get a communication, when they're not following through, stop walking in the room and just giving commands. Just immediately go to, right now, my child needs me right now to get near them as close as I can, let them see my face, right? Communicate to them on a different level, a, a, a quieter level, uh, maybe a whisper, maybe a, in her ear, maybe just a different approach. And this is not forever. I think a lot of parents get so stuck in, if I do this today, if I have to do this and walk in that room and get down to my knees and look at Lily in the face, I'm going to have to do this the rest of my life to get her to do everything. Not true. Because in the moment, children are in the moment. All they're asking is, please understand me in the moment. Please understand what I'm just, right now, I just feel like I need you to communicate differently to me. That's what they're looking for. So find another way to communicate with her. Same with Gus. It's not a lifetime thing. It's not a life sentence that I'm going to have to do that to my child. Back to Gus. Gus is coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm reaching for the mic. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm listening to what you're saying. And, and um, you know, you're, you're talking about how, oh, this is not forever. You know, this is this is a temporary thing. And and th- these are all things that I know and I have in the back of my head. What makes it real difficult for me is that the behavior between my first child and my second child is completely different. Then again, she was the first child, the only child for a couple years. So I, I get that she and us, we, we developed a, a certain kind of relationship being that she was the only one around for a certain period of time. 
you know, but she was so different and, you know, pays attention and listens to us. And when we ask her to do something, she's, she's pretty quick to get up and do it. You know, there's still, you know, the typical five-year-old bratty behavior that you would, you expect to get and whatnot. Um, but it's just, it's so, it's such a big contrast from what Ivan is. And it's, it's a really big difference. Apples and oranges, same genetic composition, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges, because why do we think that our children are going to be the same? Look at the world around you, right? All different people with all different ways of doing things. You have to look at you. It's hard. I, I see you, you're, you're thinking right now, but it's hard because they are different. They are different. Oh, it's back to Gus. <laughs> well, what I, what I was thinking was, you know, I, I'm agree- I was going to agree with you because, you know, from between my first child and my second child, now my third child, I know that I'm a different parent between each of them. So I completely agree with what you're saying. Thank you for acknowledging that because aren't we growing as, as human beings, just being parents? Aren't we changing and growing every single day, good and bad, right? We're, we're, we're picking up some really great habits and we're also picking up some really... The crappy ones, you said it's some bad habits. But we're growing as human beings, and that's what parenting does to us. We grow as human beings, um, good and bad. And that's what we have to realize with our children, too. They are constantly growing, and they are human beings, and they are different. The first, second, third, oldest, youngest, middle, they're different human beings, and you've got to understand them. It made me realize how annoying and irritating I could be that... My children have taken on some of these these traits, but in di- each one has different ones, and, and kind of I see them as uh, that's a certain trait of mine, and and I don't like it. <laughs> it's something oh, about myself. Oh, thank it's, you. It's reflected in that. Way. Yes, Joe. Thank you. That's another and whole other topic, but yes, yeah. it is amazing to look into the mirror and to see our child in the in, as that mirror and to see what they're throwing back at us. Sometimes, like, oh, that sounds like me, or. That behavior is just like what I would do. And we, I, I don't like that about myself, and now I'm seeing it in my child. Then we start becoming defensive, or, or we become very attacking, because we're just going to get rid of that, that part of who we are. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wang. The music you hear on our podcast is courtesy of Stephen Morell. If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting Podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. Also, sponsors are always welcome. Just email us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and don't forget to take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes. <laughs>